back. Busy afternoon on this Friday. We thought we'd have a little fun. It's been a serious week. A lot of news making the rounds. So uh, we want to introduce the one and only Michael Bratton back to the program from the SEC podcast. Brat, uh, what in the world have you been doing? What's going on? Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, maybe the off season, but as long as Alabama's losing assistant coaches seemingly every week. You know, I, I got a lot to talk about over here, Paul, so I'm doing good. Yeah, I don't want to act like I don't pay attention, but sometimes you get distracted. But then I hear from my Alabama friends, what's, what's up with Brad? Why does he hate us so much? So <laughs> let's first of all talk about what you've said about Alabama recently before we uh, go in for the kill. Right. Well, I got to be honest with you, Paul, I was jumping on the bandwagon. I like the hire of Kalen DeBoer. I thought, you know, just looking at his resume, talking to people in the coaching industry, this is top five coach in all of college football. It's, there's nothing on his resume that doesn't say, say he's an excellent football coach. So given, I realize they've lost some players, but still what he has, he's got a top 10 roster. I thought Alabama, they're going to be fine, national championship contender. But the fact that he's lost his offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, but he tried to hire a linebacker's coach at the 11th hour, went to Tennessee. I mean, this does not speak of a coach that is in full command down there in Tuscaloosa. And, uh, you know, we can't write him off before the first spring practice or anything, Paul, but uh, I'm, I'm beginning to waver on my confidence on what Kalen O'Boer will do down there at Alabama. Yeah, and, you know, some Alabama fans, as I'm sure you know, uh, you know, push back and say, well, well DeBoer's the offensive genius. True or not, Ryan Grubb's been part of this system for a very long time, and, uh, and the offensive line coach put together one of the best offensive lines in the country. So while you were high, what, three or four weeks ago, you were always high, but I'm talking about on, on the Crimson Tide. Um, where are you now? Well, I still think they're going to be very good, Paul. And, and I've said this before. I've said it uh, on Jock's Network here about a week or two ago. I, I think Caleb O'Boer will probably win a national championship in the first two or three seasons that he's down there at Alabama. But if he doesn't, Paul, I think he's going to be gone. So I, it's going to be boom or bust for me because the, with the talent he's inherited, again, with his resume, I think this is a, a lethal combination. Where at, But the future of Alabama, he's not going to be able to recruit to the level Nick Saban did. They don't get that Saban bump now in the NIL world. So I, I don't, I'm not feeling optimistic about the future of Alabama. But for now, I think Alabama is in position to, to win big. So what, what would you uh, say the first season looks like? I mean, he's got to go at least 10-2, and 11-1, I think, to, to kind of calm the waters. If he goes 8-4, and four, I don't think he makes year three. I don't even know if he makes year two at 8-4, and four, Paul. So uh, surely they won't pull the plug that quickly. But now, if, my, if, Michael, I, I don't want to go Mike Griffith on you here, but, <laughs> but I mean, are you serious? With the talent he's got, Paul, I mean, who's going to beat him? I think Georgia. I mean, that's fair to say maybe Georgia can beat him, but that game is in Tuscaloosa. At Tennessee, are Alabama fans worried about Josh Heupel in Tennessee? Of course, they did lose last time they went to Neyland Stadium, but I think they would say no. LSU, it is at LSU. Aside from those games, what games is Alabama going to lose? And, you know, these are the games that Alabama fans expect to win. So, no, I think he should be winning 10, 11 games right out the gate. He said it the other day. We nearly won the national championship at Washington. We nearly won the national championship here in Tuscaloosa. Let's join forces. Let's do it. Well, 
talk is cheap. Put it on the field. You got to win 10 or 11 games for me, I think. Now, I don't really understand that. And, and I, I don't want to act like I've never been there before, okay? I spent most of my life watching uh, Alabama football from, from very close range. But, but I, I don't really understand in the world. We had Hayes on the other day. He said the very same thing. Um, obviously listening to your podcast, but why in the age of the playoff, which we're now in the 12 team playoff, why do you have to go 11 and one? Well, I, I don't think anybody really knows what it's going to look like, Paul. And, and that's why I'm so fascinated by this upcoming season with a 12 team model with no divisions in the SEC with Oklahoma and Texas coming into this conference. So there's just so many variables, so many unknowns, but I think you got to win that 11, 10 games because uh, we just don't know at this point in time how many SEC teams are realistically going to be there. But, I mean, we're all optimistic in the offseason, right, Paul? I mean, there's there's about seven SEC teams that think they're going to win 10 games, even though that's not going to happen. That's where everybody thinks they're going to be. Uh, but if you win nine, I think you're putting yourself in a position to, to not make it. And I think even 10 and two, depending on who those two losses are to, you may not make the cut in a 12-team model. So if you had to guess right now in the SEC, are you going with Georgia, Texas, Alabama? Who is it? I think uh, I don't necessarily get the Texas hype. I get it. They won the Big 12. That's kind of like the junior league. Let's see what they do in a real league. And, and I know people mock the schedule they have. They still got to play Georgia, got to go to A&M. I'm not ready to say Texas is going to be in the playoff. Now, happy to be proven wrong. I'm, I'm not a big believer in Steve Sarkeesian as an elite coach. But certainly Georgia is going to be in that mix. I think Missouri, given their schedule, I think they're going to make a playoff run. Ole Miss, they should be there. That final spot, I think it comes down to Alabama, Tennessee, LSU, one of those three. And, and I don't know that the SEC gets more than four if they even get that fourth. Mike, hold, hold on for just a second because I want to get your reaction uh, to uh, some some breaking news uh, right now. Uh, as we are, we've been we asked uh, Topmeyer this. And uh, we had not heard, but we have heard now, and this is a major story. You need to pay attention because the NCAA, as we know it, may be done. The uh, judge in East Tennessee has granted a preliminary injunction suspending NCAA rules regarding name, image, and likeness benefits for athletes and indirectly easing the stress on the University of Alabama. This is according to Adam Sparks from the Knoxville News Sentinel, who has been covering it as a major victory. Of course, it will be appealed, but it is still a major victory for the attorney generals in Tennessee and Virginia. This is a a ruling by Eastern District Judge Clifton Corker, who found the NIL rules caused irreparable damage to athletes. Uh, Michael, we have been waiting for this for some time now. This has been a case that has has been going back and forth. Uh, it, you tell me, but it seems like uh, this will now be appealed. It, it may very well go all the way up to the Supreme Court, but this is a, a, a death blow, is it not, to the NCAA? Yeah, I don't know much about uh, Judge Corker, Paul, but he, he seems like an outstanding man, in my opinion. So, yeah, what is the NCAA, like 0 for 100 in their last uh, big court cases? Uh, this was inevitable, I thought. And I mean, how are you going to punish people for things that weren't against the rules at the time they did it? And yeah, just another death knell for the NCAA. I thought it was hilarious. They took the the NCAA name off the, the college football video game because we, we all know it. By the time that game comes out in July, the NCAA may no longer be in, in existence. So 
Uh, this to me was expected. Everyone's bending or breaking the rules, however you want to say it, in NIL. But this is just the latest in a long line of defeats by the NCAA. And I thought it was foolish of them to come after Tennessee in the fashion they did and how strong not only everyone associated with Tennessee, but local and state government came at the NCAA. You just knew that they were going to fall down like the uh, – they're not a house of bricks, Paul. They're, they're just mud and sticks at this point in time. Yeah, I was somewhere this week uh, where uh, a lot of the top people from the NCAA Enforcement Division were. Um, they were having a meeting at the same place I was at. And, and Michael, they're, they're all well-meaning people, but they're living in a different decade. Uh, and this ruling is just going to, this is just going to open the floodgates. And, and, and listen, uh, this will be, this will spend considerable time in the court system. But uh, it is interesting because Donde Plowman uh, took a chance when she uh, made that trip uh, down to the courthouse, but it looks like it's paying off. Yeah, no doubt. Again, they let the NCAA, they opened the door for them last time when they wanted Pruitt gone. They didn't want to pay him. That was a genius move. They've done a complete 180 this time around, and I think it was the right move again because I think Tennessee possibly would have got a hit with uh, the repeat offender clause, so to speak. So, yeah, I, I love to see this. I, I don't think the NCAA's got any purpose in college football. I have no idea what in the world they're doing with their, these archaic rules. And uh, I, for one, will be happy, Paul, when they're no longer nosing their business into uh, SEC football. Hey, by the way, uh, Michael, uh, before you go, uh, I looked at the, as that story was breaking and you were talking about Alabama, he's already run off. Uh, he was apparently afraid. Uh, I looked down at the caller board, and do you have any idea who showed up who wanted to take you on? Probably my friend Larry. Larry from Shelby was on the call, <laughs> and I, I, I literally, uh, they were telling me the story was breaking, so I couldn't go to him, and by the time I looked down, naturally, Larry ran away, but uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was too bad. The Boers lost Larry, Paul. I mean, he's losing everybody down there. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I'm really interested because... Uh, we, We'll get back to the, the uh, Tennessee case in a few minutes, and we have Adam Sparks coming on later. But this whole Nick Saban dichotomy, uh, Saban shows up Saturday at the basketball game. I mean, it's just like a run-of-the-mill Saturday game. I mean, everybody's going crazy. And then he has his dinner on, on Monday night, and he once again is the center of attention. And, I mean, I, I don't know what you think, but every time, I mean, this, this idea that Nick Saban is going to be an advisor, I think, doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Because he's just going to suck every, I mean, the oxygen and, and, the, and the interest and, and everything out of the room. Right. Maybe they can zoom from his uh, million-dollar mansion there on the water from Florida during camp to help out. But uh, I, I just don't know how help, helpful that will be, Paul. And you know, that is something that's not being discussed enough, but all the elite players that he did bring in there on the defensive side of the ball, now they're going to be playing under a completely different system. They, they ruined the chance to, to retain T-Rob. That maybe could have alleviated some of those concerns, but this could be a new era. I think it's going to be, you know, kind of what we've, we see in, at Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin, Tennessee under Josh Heupel, high-scoring, poor defense. I don't know how, how fired up, Alabama fans will be for that. Kirby Smart, obviously, going a different yeah, direction. Yeah, I, hate, I, I hate to interrupt, uh, Mike. We have a, a, another huh? breaking story here. Um, are you there, caller? Yeah, baby. <laughs> You're on with the brat. What's up, Larry? Hey, hey, what's up, brat? How's it going? 
Hey, doing good, man. I went through that hundred. I need some more money, man. Come on, talk some trash now. Let's let's talk it now. What are you on bet? Come on, baby. I still ain't got my beer, but I I know you can't mail that. I just we need to get together one well, Larry, day. Larry, uh, he, he, he just said a minute ago that he thought tennis, uh, the Alabama situation, uh, that that they conceivably could get rid of DeBoer after one year. I, I don't believe that. The Alabama fans wouldn't get fired up. What you talking about, man? Fired up. They's firing my ass right now. Woo! I'm ready to do it, man. I, I tell you what, boy, you you just misjudged. We some badass fans. We the baddest fans on the planet, Jack. I mean, Mars would be scared of us. We are the baddest. You talking that trash about all that, man. Come on. Put some money up, baby. Put some money up. A hundred again? You want your hundred back? Absolutely. What are we betting? Like? How about uh, 100 bucks? Georgia beats Alabama in Tuscaloosa by 10 points. Yeah, let's do 200. Hell, boy, you got it. I see you bought your new shirt. Well, you must have got some money from somewhere. Now, yeah, you uh, did. Yes, yeah, come hey, on. Uh, Larry, Larry, I may, I may, uh, I may join this conversation. I may join Brad on this, on this bet. You went, you well, went Brad, Jack, you're going to be stuck it in because, listen, we're in the foxhole, baby. We're ready. I can't well, hear you. That, uh, you're scared to talk. Hey, Brad, before you uh, – you got this guy, Cousin cousin Vinny, whatever his name is, that you do the show cousin with. Shane. Cousin uh-huh. Shane. Why don't, you, why don't you fire him and hire Larry? Don't you think it would be a better deal? <laughs> I'm considering it. I mean, he's more accurate <laughs> on his yeah, predictions be than I am. Anything. He got on his show. <laughs> What do you think you, because uh, uh, one of our callers that. yesterday uh, when you jump up out of the cornfield. Hey, Larry. Yeah. Larry, I'm trying to get you a good deal here. Be quiet. Um, <laughs> okay, buddy. One of our, somebody accused us of paying callers, which we don't, but what would you, what would be a good salary for Larry to do this show with you? How about a, a six pack per episode? I'll take over the show. I'm sorry, Brett. <laughs> I would take it. They would be firing your ass. They'd be running you down the road with a cane. Whoop! Get out of here, boy. We got somebody now. Okay, okay Larry. Hey, yeah, we, Larry, we, have to, we, have, to, we have to get back to regular. Where you been, Larry? Larry? Larry, we have to get back to regular programming, but uh, thanks for calling, uh, Brad. I get leaning again, Brad. Come on with that cheese, baby. Rat needs some. Whoa. We love you, man. You're a good guy. Take all this crap. Hey, appreciate uh, you, Larry. Hey, uh, hey, Brad. Seriously, where else? Where else? What other shows can you go on where you get treated like that? Oh, I mean, this is by far the the only one that that I can experience something like this. So I do appreciate it, Michael Bratton. Thank you. We'll see you soon, Michael Bratton from that SEC podcast. More on the breaking news of the day, which is significant. I mean, we were having fun there, but uh, this is uh, as big a blow to the NCAA as they have felt maybe in uh, in the enforcement department's history. We'll take a short break. We are back after this.